Welcome to the daily objective. Uh, today is um, one of the more difficult episodes uh, that we've done, and uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. It's it's uh, the first time I'm doing a solo episode on the channel. Uh, this is uh, not what I would have hoped to talk about, but I will be um, reading some of the stories or telling some of the stories of people who. Uh, survived uh, the the horrific uh, terrorist attack by Hamas on October 7th in Israel. Some of the people, some of the stories of people who didn't. Uh, I will, um, I will read some of them from uh, English uh, sources, some of them from Hebrew stories, some of them I'll just tell what I saw on Israeli uh, news channels. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you'll uh, bear with me on this. I think I think there's a there's a good reason to do it, and um, and uh, that's that's why we're here. Uh, before we get to that, a few updates from the situation in Israel. So um, uh, yeah, there are more uh, rocket attacks on on Israel. The rockets are uh, uh, reaching the central area, the, the Tel Aviv area, uh, as well as as well as others, um, uh, this is, uh, of course, day 11 of the war. So Hamas is still uh, still there. They're still alive and well and able to continue to carry out uh, these attacks. Israel is, consider is continuing its uh, very strong rhetoric and, uh, and weakness in the non-rhetorical part of the of the war, which is, um, you know, probably how you're likely to win a war, not with words, but with actions. Um, uh, leaders of, uh, of uh, countries that uh, claim to be Israel's allies are, are uh, flying to Israel. So the uh, German chancellor is there now. Biden will be there uh, tomorrow. Rishi Sunak, uh, the British prime minister, is expected to visit uh, uh, the French um, President Macron is also expected to visit. And um, yeah, I don't know if, uh, you know, what, you know, what, how this impacts Israel. I, I uh, continue to think that it is uh, used as an excuse not to take any serious military action. Um, but part of the rhetoric that's continuing is the, um, the, the chief of staff of the army said if, if uh, Hezbollah, uh, uh, makes any mistakes, we will destroy them. Of course, I don't know what a mistake would be. Uh, Hamas has uh, slaughtered over 1,300 uh, people in Israel, uh, taken over 200 hostages, and as mentioned, they are still uh, alive and um, well and able to continue to act to kill uh, Israelis. You know, um, the rockets are not as effective as the invasion, but uh, but they are more effective than they used to be. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, that I think there's, uh, oh, maybe there's one other important update, which is um, uh, the Secretary of State was involved in the, uh, was, was uh, took part in the Israeli uh, cabinet uh, minister um, meeting yesterday that lasted according to uh, Israeli news channels around eight hours. And uh, the decision for Biden to visit came after that. And the reports uh, say that part of the deal was that Biden will visit if Israel allows 
humanitarian aid into Gaza. Now, we spoke about this yesterday. Humanitarian aid uh, would not be uh, justified in any case, but of course, this this uh, only goes to Hamas. It goes towards Hamas's war effort. So Israel, uh, in order to get the diplomatic win, so to speak, of having uh, the president of the United States stand uh, shoulder to shoulder with the prime minister of Israel for a photo op, Israel will actually be risking its own uh, citizens by continuing to avoid action and and, and actually uh, feeding the enemy. But yeah, uh, we, we are here to talk about um, some of the some of the atrocities that happened on Saturday and some of the individual stories. Um, I'm going to start by just reading a, a tweet, which is in English, and it's it's a quote from an interview that is in English. Um, and uh, uh, Daniel will put that, uh, that link in the live chat. So if you're watching it live, you can click it and watch it. Or you can watch it later, you can save it. And we'll also put uh, the links in the description, if you're watching this later, there, there might be more links in the description later than there are during the live show. Uh, so keep an eye on that. This is a quote uh, from, from a father. Um, so he says, they just said, we found Emily. She's dead. I went, yes, and smiled because that is the best news of the possibilities I knew. She was either dead or in Gaza. And if you know anything about what they do to people in Gaza, that is worth worse than death. Emily was eight. Now, if you um, if you click the link, uh, I see that it is in the live chat now. Uh, you will hear those words from the father. There's a, a little bit more there. It's uh, heartbreaking to watch and uh, and hear as is. As are many of the stories, I think uh, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, um, some of the stories here are are not the most horrific, certainly in, in terms of the scenes that you can see uh, if you if you look for them. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, th there are so many of these stories uh, from the atrocities of, uh, of October 7. Um, so. This is a this is an article that was in the in the Guardian. I'm going to read uh, parts of it, and uh, uh, there will be a link for that as well. It starts with it with a quote: "Mom and Dad are dead. Sorry. Call help." Rotem messaged his family at 8:01 last Saturday morning. He lay under a quilt soaked in his mother's blood as he typed. Shachel Matthias had used her body as a shield, a last great act of love towards her 16-year-old son when Hamas gunmen broke into their home in Cholit Kibbutz. <clears throat> Inside their safe room, with shooting just outside the door, she ordered her youngest child to get under a thick layer of fabric then lay on top of him. So he heard but didn't see the attack that followed. An explosion, he thinks, was a grenade breaking open the door, another explosion and gunshots when the men were inside. For a brief eternity, his father screamed in pain. He felt his mother's body twitch above him and then came a horrific silence, broken only by the gunmen laughing. Quote, they laughed at their murders. 
they killed my parents and left, he said between tears in an interview arranged and supervised by his uncle. Bullets aimed at his mother also hit Rotem. Quote, I felt a warm sensation in my stomach and my leg. I felt under my clothes, it was blood. His own blood mixed with his mother's as he sent the rest of their family the brief message that seemed too painful to be real. It's not funny, his sister, she wrote back in the family WhatsApp group. Rotem just responded with, please. He begged his family to call for help, but it took more than seven hours for rescuers to come. So he spent most of last Saturday injured, terrified, and alone in a house with the bodies of his beloved parents. Um, I'm going to skip some of the rest of this article, and of course, you can read the whole thing if you uh, click the, the link that um, will be either in the live chat or in the description later. Um, Okay, so later on, uh, there's there's other things in this article, but later on it says, um, after Shachar died, Rotem spent almost an hour lying under his mother, struggling to breathe in a room slowly filling with smoke as a fire started during the attack, smoldered the living room. I love you all just in case. Mom's body is on me, he wrote to family members about 15 minutes after his first bleak message. Then a few minutes later, I am going to pass out, no air, bombs. Relatives uh, offered medical advice on text messages, trying to help him treat his wounds uh, and calm his breathing. Almost an hour after his mother died protecting him, he decided he had to leave pushed her body away and crept to a laundry room. Hamas were still stalking the kibbutz and he could hear gunshots. His sisters, Shir, 21, and Shaked, 19, had their own homes on the kibbutz and were also hiding alone in safe rooms. Their mobile coverage dropped in and out, and at one point, Autumn assumed they too had been murdered. They're not answering, I think they died, he messaged. The militants would return to the house again before Israeli forces reached him, and he hid again under a cover soaked with blood. At half past four, he was finally rescued and taken, taken to a hospital uh, where he was operated on, then reunited with his sisters, got out physically untouched but mentally devastated a few hours later. Um, Okay, let's. Uh, that is, that is a story that uh, again is is uh, in the Guardian, and um, we will have a link to that in in the description. Um, okay, I uh, there there are a few stories that are from Israeli media that I want to uh, or, or Israeli news sites that I want to read, um, and and I'll 
translate them as I go along. So they are in Hebrew. I'm I'm going to get to that in a in a minute. And uh, I want to tell a story uh, that a few days ago I was uh, watching Israeli uh, news coverage. And I was Israeli television channels, uh, the the main you know terrestrial or uh, broadcast networks or whatever you call them where they are uh, are all now twenty four seven news channels and 24 7 uh, not even in the sense of 24 7 news channels that you might know that you know during the night broadcast uh reruns of their prime time or or just repeat the same uh, uh news bulletins um they actually have new content and people being interviewed uh even throughout the night and so i was watching uh this was late a few days ago and um they they were about to interview this family and I saw them and I thought you know they they looked familiar from somewhere I didn't know from where and as they started interviewing them I realized from where this was from a video I had seen um either on the day or the day after uh so this is a family where um uh Hamas uh live streamed when they they took over the home of this family they live streamed uh from while holding this family hostage in their own home there were the mother the father a daughter and a son uh and they had just murdered uh the other 18 year old daughter so they were live streaming the family as uh, right after um the daughter was murdered and uh and showed the uh, the rest of the family now um i don't know exactly the details but they ended up taking uh just the father hostage so the father is now held hostage in Gaza uh the the rest of the family uh, the mother and the two surviving children are are still there and um yeah Israeli television is is basically filled more and more with these stories you know the the details of the attack itself the attack is over uh there's uh, only so much you can say about that. Not much is being done uh, by Israel to respond to that attack. So, uh, um, you know, there's not much to cover there in the news, except the, the occasional uh, rocket fire from the south, uh, from, from the Gaza Strip, uh, and from the north, from Hezbollah and, and Israel's uh, little bombing in, in response. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, if if you speak Hebrew and you watch this, uh, uh, this is uh, much of what you'll see on a on a really twenty four seven basis. Um, okay, uh, apologies for the slight pause while I uh, try to translate this uh, next story in in uh, my head. So. Um, like many thousands of other young people, uh, Yaniv Saudi uh, was uh, working logistics in the in the party, uh, the big nature party in Reim that happened uh, where where the slaughter happened. Um, while the terrorists were on their killing spree, Yaniv managed to get to a, a car in a nearby. Um, car park but instead of running away as fast as he could he chose to um uh 
ask or, or invite eight people, young people he didn't know to join him in his car and then uh, just drive as fast as he could. While driving, he was shot several times, although he kept driving until he brought them to safety. He did not survive uh, the, the shooting. Uh, so Juan Shoshani, one of the uh, a, a young girl who was one of the people who Yaniv saved, said, uh, after an hour of hiding in the bushes and hearing nonstop uh, gunshots, we finally heard um, swear words in Arabic and people were saying, uh, put your hands up. We started running um, and terrorists came from the other side and like a miracle, Yaniv showed up with his car right in front of us. There were nine of us in the car. Yaniv drove like crazy and throughout the whole drive, they didn't stop shooting at us. The road uh, was covered in bodies and cars that were thrown on the side of the road. He says after four uh, uh, incidents uh, with with terrorist groups and uh, um, even though he was shot several times in the hand and in the foot, he managed to bring us to a, a military base. Later on, we discovered that the base was also uh, taken over by terrorists, but uh, in in some um, some way that was indescribable, he managed to just drive uh, within the base like he knew exactly where to go and stopped in front of a, um, a building uh, uh, where the IDF was. Uh, and you've stayed in the car for two hours until uh, forces came and uh, tried to uh, treat his injuries. Unfortunately, he didn't survive, but he saved us all. Uh, he wouldn't give up on any of us and didn't stop even after he was hit. Um, yeah, Yaniv, Yaniv was uh, um, taken to the hospital in a critical condition and several hours later died from his uh, gunshot wounds. He was 26 years old. Um, okay, I think we have time for another story. Now, this is, um, uh, if I can, if I can find this story. This is this is also a story from uh, an Israeli an Israeli um, website. Uh, unable to find it at the moment, but I think I might have it on my phone and I will uh, read it from there. Okay, I I'm I can't find the story. I, I thought I saved it in a couple of places, but there is a story of um 
uh, a photographer. And again, if I if I do find it, we will put it in the uh, in the description. So if you're watching this later, and if not, you can come back later. It is it is in in Hebrew, but um, it uh, the images are uh, a big part of what I wanted to share with that story, which is uh, this was <clears throat> this was somebody who was um, very passionate about photography. He was uh, kind of telling it from memory. Uh, he liked uh, uh, photographing um, when uh, you know the Iron Dome defense system would shoot down rockets shot by Hamas. <clears throat> so when he would hear sirens and and uh, the story when when we find it has some of those images. So when he heard uh, the Iron Dome because they were firing rockets as they were invading, uh, he went outside. He um, uh, took pictures of uh, of of uh, the, the rockets being shot in Iron Dome, uh, shooting some of them down. And uh, as he was photographing, he saw paragliders. I we don't know what he knew back then. I I don't know if he realized uh, who they are, but there are some uh close up pretty close up uh photographs of the paragliders uh the the assumption is so he was he was murdered murdered uh by them the assumption is one of them landed nearby him and just killed him the camera was left there and uh uh yeah he was uh, uh scheduled he was due to get married soon and um uh his wife his wife to be was uh pregnant in, in the sort of very late stages of pregnancy so uh those are some of the stories now um the reason the reason i uh told these stories the reason we're we're covering this uh you know it, it's important to remember i told maybe four or five stories now of uh, 1300 people who were slaughtered including you know babies whole families uh basically anybody Hamas could they killed except around 200 people uh who are uh, who were taken hostage and are being uh held there in in Gaza by these savages going through <clears throat> God knows what <clears throat> so over 3,000 terrorists invaded Israel Th those were only the people who actually crossed uh into Israel Thousands more are involved in firing the rockets. Many, many thousands more must have been involved in every planning stage of the operation, in building the tunnels, uh, in um, you know, just this is this is a a massive operation. That um, this is why when when people say you know Hamas is not the Palestinian people, well, so many were involved, and so many others knew at least to some extent what was being done and and what the purpose of it is which is to kill as many jews as possible now when this happened and as the news was was uh, coming out on saturday october 7th hundreds of thousands of people in western countries in uh, i'm not talking about uh you know muslim and arab countries in the west hundreds of thousands took to the streets to celebrate uh these atrocities and so I uh, and and again, this is ongoing and and uh, will will continue uh, until Israel is wiped off the map. But it's not that when Israel is wiped off the map, everything and uh, you know we're all safe in the West. Uh, you can see some videos of um, what happens when uh, when when these so-called protesters see uh, you know see see a Jew 
walking by, not to mention somebody with a with an Israeli flag. Uh, and um, yeah, keep that in mind. And and uh, um, this this fight, you know, we're uh, here. I think I mentioned this a few days ago. We're here uh, at the Ayn Rand Center UK, wanting to um, uh, make the world we live in better, freer, uh, and uh, and that is that is what why we do what we do. But uh, if we are about to, uh, if we are we are facing a very real and imminent threat, I think that is uh, all we can deal with until um, that threat is over uh in in uh whatever way we can and of course you know we have a, a platform that doesn't reach many people but we reach as many as we can and we will continue to do this thank you jonathan for the super chat thank you valter for the super chat um and i hope you all join me uh right now in a minute or so uh with, with the um the reality show thank you for watching and see you again in a minute